Welcome to Synergetic Culture, where we exist to provide practical and tangible content to help you build a synergetic culture. Here's the dichotomy though. Culture is formed either by design or by default. A culture by design, when adopted by the people within the culture, has a multiplying effect in the way it builds the organization and the individuals within it. And this, my friends, this is a synergetic culture. So how do we create a culture by design? What fundamentals and tactics and principles build a synergetic culture? Well, you've come to the right place. So no matter where you find yourself in your career, this podcast is for you. And with that being said, let's jump into today's episode of Synergetic Culture. Welcome to Synergetic Culture. My name is Adam Bieber and I am your host. Welcome to episode 28 of our show. I'm thankful that you are listening today, whether by Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or streaming on YouTube. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today on this very special episode where I get to interview a really, really cool and unique guest. Um, I'm joined here by Hala Taha. Hala is the CEO of Yap Media and the uh, host of Young, the Young and Profiting podcast. Um, she's a writer, business owner, entrepreneur, consultant, badass. What? what I, I don't know if I'm missing anything, but <laughs> Hala, welcome to uh, Synergetic Culture. Thanks for being here. I'm happy to be here, Adam. Yeah. Um, so I... Um, a little bit about uh, kind of us connecting here. I've been a fan of Hollis for um, a few years. About four years ago, I took it upon myself to focus more on building um, my LinkedIn uh, community and uh, came across her profile and some of her content and her podcast. And I've just been inspired um, by what she does and the, the type of people that she interviews on her podcast. And um, I'm excited to get to know her a little bit better and for our listeners uh, to get to know her a little bit better better. But Holly, would you just give us like the 40,000 foot overview of what uh, Young and Profiting is? Yeah, sure. So Young and Profiting is my podcast. I'm the host of a number one entrepreneurship and top 10 business podcast, also a number one education podcast across all apps called Young and Profiting. So I interview the brightest minds in the world and I unpack their wisdom into actionable advice. I've interviewed people like Deepak Chopra, Matthew McConaughey, Seth Godin, Jim Quick. Um, I actually just landed an interview with Alex Hermosi, who like I love. So I'm so, so pumped about that. That happened like today. That's why I'm (laughs) mentioning it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I also have a social media and podcast agency that's called Yap Media. We have over 60 employees around the world. I do social media and podcast production for CEOs, influencers, celebrities. I also have a podcast network where I grow and monetize shows, and I have about 20 shows under my belt. And I'm launching something something called the Yap Academy, and it's going to be a lot of courses and programs such as our LinkedIn Masterclass, which we are putting out in a week or so. That's awesome. And uh, the website is youngandprofiting.com? And yapmedia.io. And yapmedia.io. That's so awesome. Uh, Thanks for sharing that. Um, I think Matthew McConaughey is one of my favorite people. I love his book and loved the episode you did with him. That was really, really cool. Um, when I saw that, I was like, dang, that's that's a big one. That's pretty awesome. That really was. And I remember, you know, to put things in perspective, I recorded that in my mom's basement. So Did it's not really? that I was like broke living. I, I happen to be living at my mom's house, but you can do anything from anywhere these days. Don't let any sort of resources or anything hold you back. I love that. I feel like we're going to come back to that topic right there um, yeah. as we hear more about uh, your journey. So um, 
part of what I like to do when I, when I interview people is get to know them a little bit better um, and just hear more about your journey. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, what family life yeah. was like, stuff like that. Sure. So I am Palestinian American and I grew up in New Jersey, Central Jersey. Awesome. I would say that I had a pretty good life. My father was a doctor. All my siblings are doctors. So I was part of this like Arabic doctor community. Um, everything was great until about 9-11. Once 9-11 happened, we went from being a very like, well accepted immigrant family in the town to sort of like being outcasts. And I mm. remember... I was still popular, but like didn't get on the cheerleading team, didn't get in the plays, uh, just had a lot of rejection over and over again. But thankful because then by the time I got to college, I went to a very diverse school. Um, things had kind of cooled down since 9-11. And then I had very thick skin and would do things like run for president and, you know, get on the cheerleading team, be the star of the place. And I started getting everything that I tried out for. Sweet. Whereas in high school, I was always rejected. Yeah. So, uh, Things really took off for me in college. I got an internship at Hot 97. It's the world's uh, number one hip hop and R&B station, especially, you know, when I was in school. I became Angie Martinez's assistant um, on the Angie Martinez show and worked at the station for free for three years, starting from when I was 19. Wow. While I was at the station, I had online radio shows on the side. So actually, Young and Profit is... Young and Profiting is actually my fifth or sixth show. It's my only business show, my only podcast, but I did have other shows about music and I used to interview like rappers and celebrities on those shows. Wow. Um, then I left Hot 97. I started a blog called The Sorority of Hip Hop, strawberryblunt.com. <laughs> and I felt like I was being, um, you know, I felt like being in the entertainment industry as a young woman was really tough. I didn't get my dream job at Hot 97 after working there for free for three years. And I decided I was going to recruit girls who worked in the entertainment industry. So I recruited girls from iHeart and Def Jam and, uh, you know, VH1. And they all were part of this sorority of hip hop. And I taught them how to blog and I learned SEO and how to build websites. Very cool. Yeah. And so at the height of it, we had, you know, 50 girls i almost got a show on mtv twice uh they filmed us an entire summer i was going to be the next snooki so to speak it was right after jersey shore ended and mtv rejected us so now i've been rejected by radio then i got rejected by mtv shortly mm. after i got rejected by sirius xm <laughs> we don't need to get into that story but so rejected by many different platforms so after mtv rejected us and i had essentially worked uh, my butt off for six, seven years in the inter trying to make it and d uh, did a lot of cool things. It was basically famous in the tri-state area, but wasn't making a lot of money. All my siblings are doctors. Like I said, my parents were starting to worry about me. I was the black sheep in the family. Mm. You know, nobody like talked to me when I came home for Thanksgiving because they thought I was just like a party girl. And so I decided I needed to make them proud. I decided I was going to forget about the entertainment industry. I just have to be a normal person. I forgot about my dreams. My abundance mindset sort of went away and I decided to get my MBA and go into corporate. So I did that. I became an entrepreneur within the company. I launched something called the Young Employee Network at Hewlett Packard and was essentially the face of the young employees at that company. Stayed there for like four years. Uh, in my last year, I didn't get an opportunity internally that I really wanted and it triggered me to go back to my dreams. I was also reading about one book a week on self-improvement at that point. A lot of the same people I interview now were some of the people that I was reading their stuff. Very cool. 
And then I decided to launch Young and Profiting Podcast, and here we are, number one podcast, uh, top social media and podcast agency, Webby Award honoree. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack. I was trying to like keep mental notes as you were sharing. Yeah, so, sorry. I, no, I just gave you the whole no, thing. No, it's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. Story. <laughs> it is. It is. So, and I'm, there's a couple pieces I want to, I want to have. So, um, uh, like growing up in school, what kind of student were you? What, what was your, what was kind of the social holla like in middle school, high school? So in middle school, I was very average in school. So when I was really, really young, I was super, super smart. I was very social. I started selling things and being an entrepreneur from when I was like four years old. I used to like make pictures and sell them to the moms. And like, I was just always this like hustler, right? So yeah. I was very social, always a leader, bossing everyone around kind of. That, that was definitely my personality when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Then when I like awkward phase, you know, when you're in your like tweens, I would say that's when I was like most awkward. Um, also Same. that's like around, you know, when I was in, uh, like that's also like 9-11, like all those things so, like made me even more awkward. Mm. Like even though I was, I was fine. I was never like teased or like somebody who was like really bullied or teased, sure. but I just, um, wasn't treated equally for sure. I grew up in a very white town, one of the only brown kids. And then, like I said, during 9-11, it wasn't the easiest thing for me. Um, in college, I was, uh, I kind of went a little wild because I, my parents were pretty strict growing up sure. and I was out on my own and I didn't go to class a lot and I was, you know, very popular. I was like probably the most popular girl in school and just very distracted from sorority and cheerleading and all this stuff and just really, I'm a very social person and so like I... I look back and I'm like, oh, I crushed college, even though I, I failed out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I got but you. like, I feel like I got great experiences. Sure. And um, so college, I was a terrible student. I graduated with a 2.3 GPA, terrible. But then I got a 4.0 when I got my MBA. Good so when I got my MBA, I knew that I would never get a job if I did not get straight A's. And then also I had something to prove to myself because I did so bad in undergrad, but really I just didn't go to school, basically. Yeah. I, I did all the extracurricular activities <laughs> and didn't actually go to school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, dad and mom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so okay, that's, that's how I was. <laughs> yeah, um, and then as far as your siblings go, because they're all doctors, which I think is really fascinating and cool, What, where do you fall in the... the um, I am range. the youngest. You are. Okay. I am the youngest. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And mm -hmm. so they're all still practicing medicine. For the most yeah. Part? My oldest brother is also like an entrepreneur and a doctor. Cool. Uh, my two middle are both still doctors. Yeah. That's really cool. So I came from a big family too. Very strict. Um, and uh, I'm number four out of five. So I've got one younger brother, but then older siblings. And everybody does different stuff. We're not. We're not doctors. Um, but that's that's really really cool. So I imagine though the pressure and the um, the the pressure to perform and to be uh, high producing and excellent in everything you do was probably there. Oh, 100%. I mean, I remember always for a long time, I felt like I was the failure in the family. And now my siblings are like, can we sleep in your basement? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely doing really well, uh, even compared to them. And so it's funny how, how, you need to trust your gut sometimes because even when I was doing the sorority of hip hop and I almost had, a, I was doing cool things since I was in my twenties. Yeah. I, I had MTV filming me as a 25 year old an entire summer and spending half a million dollars on our like 
showed that we were recording. It didn't air. But like not many 25 year olds can say that. Yeah. And I learned sure. how to build sites and I became one of the most popular entertainment sites in the world. And I and I did SEO and I did all this stuff. But explaining that to immigrant parents and when you're not making a ton of money. Yeah. Sure. Was like, you know, they were like, what are you really doing? All we see is pictures of you on Facebook partying like what's going on are you on drugs like you know what i mean like wow. it's just yeah. they don't they don't um they don't see it the way that you see it and so i'm so thankful for all those experiences because it actually made me who i am today i learned so many digital skills especially in my even in my corporate career i started my corporate career so much later than everyone else like all my peers had already been in corporate for five years yeah. and i started so late i leaped over them like like i got promotion after promotion after promotion because I was so tech savvy because I learned on the internet because I knew all these things and I, I got every single marketing job at Hewlett Packard and rose up the ranks because I didn't just follow the path that everybody else follows. Yeah. I had such unique yeah. experiences and it made me more valuable. And so it's like, I don't regret anything that I've done, you know, and look now everyone in my family is so proud of me and they look back and they probably feel a little silly for maybe how they treated me when I was trying to make it, sure, you know, and it, sure. it didn't. But as soon as I started the podcast, I think they were really into it because to be honest, my podcast was so positive that like nobody could hate on having like an educational podcast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think um, I think that's really, really interesting and um, unique about your story. I, I feel like um, what I resonate with is for I, I kind of have a hodgepodge of experiences um, and that has kind of built me to be innovative, be creative, be um, proactive, to kind of do things a little bit differently. Um, and uh, I'd made a major career change um, two years ago and went from nonprofit space, um, some sales. Uh, I had a background in construction management to full-blown tech sales and um it was late into my 20s going okay here here i am taking an entry-level sales job and just hoping that i i can make it and being able to see success and and get promotions quickly and move up the ranks and um it's it's been it's been phenomenal but i look back at the experiences that led to it and i'm like okay now this makes sense like i don't think i would have just woken up and been good at tech sales and ready to launch a podcast it took took going through some stuff and it sounds like you went through a lot yeah, 100%. I think one of my favorite quotes is that when you fail, you don't start from scratch, you start from experience. So you start mm. so much higher up. And I had so many failures, but under that, there was like so many, so much leadership that I learned, so much technical skills that I learned. And even though they ended up being failures, it really set me up to kind of skyrocket once it was like perfect thing, perfect timing, like all those things kind of like collided yeah. and, you know. Yeah. So at what point, I mean, in your experience, just um, uh, growing up, having all this uh, excitement, attention, and um, you know the MTV thing, I think is so rad, super, super cool. Um, just to even have that opportunity, even though it was followed by the rejection from the network, what, when did you know, kind of in your heart and mind, like I'm gonna do something, and and it's gonna be my own? Well. I had always been an entrepreneur at heart, yeah. right? So I've always been scrappy and like wanting to make my own money and loving to work. And I just remember not getting this opportunity that I wanted at Hewlett Packard. I had essentially been working for free in the company since I started 
working on their culture. So I was the president and founded something called the Employee Network. And I basically ran 7,000 employees. And there was like a next rung in what I was supposed to get. And the HR director didn't get give it to me. He She gave it to somebody who had no experience. And it was another one of those situations where I was like, damn, like, I did everything I was supposed to do. I worked for free. I did such a great job. I have mm. all these results that back it up. I was the most qualified. And then the gatekeeper told me no. And I'm a minority woman. Like I'm like easy to hate kind of. Like I, sure. I don't want to, I'm not a victim. I'm so not a victim, but I'm just easy to not like. Like nobody gives me a leg up, mm. right? Everything mm. that I've ever gotten was like so earned. And I just realized that like, hey, every time I've had massive success, like my website, I started it on my own. Like I was like just thinking back and I was like, even this young employee network, I'm the one who started it, right? That's the only reason why I was president is because I'm the one who started it. Sure, yeah. And so then I, I just realized, why am I doing this for everybody else? I should be doing this for myself again. I've got more experience. I've started making my first six figures. And I just thought I want to do this at least as a hobby. And to be honest, from the start, I never thought this was going to be a full-time thing. I never thought it was going to make me a dollar. My whole goal was actually to give back and feed my passion. I wanted to be of service to everyone else and teach people how to be young and profiting because I felt like I was finally young and profiting after being a failed entrepreneur. And I wanted other people who might have been in my shoes or corporate professionals who didn't believe in themselves I wanted to just be a positive voice for my generation and so I decided to go at it and I just had very pure intentions it was just like a nerd about it I just wanted to launch yeah. uh, it was like sort of new this was five years ago at the time it wasn't normal to have a podcast no, especially yeah. like a young girl and in business out of all things promoting on LinkedIn like I just really went left and honestly I remember like my friends were like you're too old to start a podcast or like this you know this is never going to work nobody listens to podcasts and everybody had all these negative feelings but for me I was so consistent and from the start really gave it my all because I really like it really connected with me and like we were just talking about, it merged so many skills that I had. I had radio production experience, yeah. social media experience, writing experience, all those things. And yeah. so I was like a one-man show, so to speak. Yeah. Except for the fact that uh, by episode two, I had 10 volunteers in a Slack channel helping with my show because people were like just that's enamored remarkable. by the show and just wanted to help. Wow, that's remarkable. Um, you know, going, going back to your experience at Hewlett Packard, um, anything in tech is very male driven, male dominant mm -hmm. industry. And so, um, for you to pioneer an entire, um, experience for the employees of Hewlett Packard and to have that, that passion to have given so much to the organization to then come up short and not be offered an opportunity to take it to the next level must've been devastating. Yeah, it was another situation where I felt like I had done everything that I needed to do. And by the way, they gave the opportunity to somebody who had zero experience. And yeah. the person who made that decision was an HR director who then left a month later. So imagine I was a star employee, face the Young Employee Networks. The whole board wanted me to get that position that I wanted. And then, you know, somebody, some outsider, some gatekeeper was like, no, I don't like Holla. Like, you know what I mean? Let's give it to this guy sure. or, or proximity. Let me give it to somebody who's in my office. You know, yep. I don't know Holla in New Jersey, even though she's done all those things. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it was devastating. But you know what? I'm so thankful for all the news. Yeah. Because if I, if I, I always think about this. Imagine if I did get that position mm -hmm. and I never started young. Young You'd and still Profiting be there, probably. <laughs> and I started Young and Profiting Podcast as a side hustle. And the beginning of launching a podcast is very difficult. I was 
I was rough. I hadn't been on the mic in four years. I, I was by myself in the beginning. It took me like months to put out my first episodes because I literally did it by myself. Yeah. And I had the time at the time. But then shortly after I went to Disney and it was a very difficult job and I, and it wasn't like cruising anymore. I wouldn't have had the time to launch Young yeah. and Profiting even yeah. if I thought about it. So it's like, thank God, all those things are just redirecting you to where you're supposed to go. Um, so actually super thankful they did not give me that position. If, sometimes you need to be kicked out, you know? Sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. It's just like, it's meant to happen. And like the universe is just like, okay, Holly, you're going to keep going this way, but we're going to have to kick you that way now. You yeah. know? Yeah. I think sometimes, um, when people get rejected, passed over, I've been fired like four times. I don't mm -hmm. think I've ever said that on this podcast. And a lot of my friends and family, like I've been fired four times. And I, like I, I connect with your story in that sense of just feeling like I wasn't given the shot. I wasn't given an opportunity. I wasn't, um, believed in. And, um, to, to then, um, allow that to fuel my passion to continue forward. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck right there at the rejection phase. Um, mm -hmm. what is it that kept you coming back Con continuing to push through the rejection after, re I mean, the radio station is one start three years of sweat equity. I can't imagine. And then, you know, the MTV thing and then corporate America after not breezing, but uh, a star studded MBA track. Like how do you, how did you keep coming back for more? It's, it's always having this mindset of abundance mm -hmm. and believing that life is limitless. So anytime that I was like stuck on a, in a rut. So I would consider my four years at Hewlett Packard, even though I was doing so well in corporate, I think looking back, I was stagnant because that was a lot of time, four years, you know, being in corporate, not following my dreams. Mm. I don't want to change my journey because everything happens for a reason. I stacked up money. I became really responsible. I learned how to do PowerPoints. I like learned how an organization works. It was my first real corporate job. I learned yeah. how to speak professionally. So I learned things, of course. Sure. But at the same time, pretty stagnant years, right? In terms of just staying in the same place for so long. And like, you know, I leveled up my income, but not 10x. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it was a long time. So I guess like to answer your question, how do I, how did I get back on my feet? It was once I started listening to self-improvement books and mm. realizing that life was limitless again. When I was 19, I believed in the law of attraction as if it was a religion. That's when everything in my life really took off. Yeah, I was born Muslim, don't really identify with too many, I'm not religious. And I wanted to like have some sort of guiding light. I started becoming obsessed with the law of attraction, started attracting all these crazy things like that were not normal, like we already talked about, like yeah. being on a huge radio show, like all this stuff. And after rejection, after rejection, after rejection, you start to become an adult and have this mindset like, oh, like, let me get back to reality. Like, this is not real life or, you know, that's lucky people, I'm not lucky. And you start telling yourself all these limiting beliefs and it wasn't until I started like reading more and like really getting back into self-improvement and then it made me feel like, well, let me give this one last shot because I feel like I'm capable and I feel like I have all the skills to do this. And it's always me coming up with a new idea and channeling my energy into the new sure. idea. So yeah. rejected from Hot 97, channeled that idea into launching a website that blew up within three months, right? Um, you know... Hewlett Packard didn't give me the thing, decided to learn podcasting basically, right? Yeah. 
and channeled myself into to that energy. I do this all the time. I just got into sort of a bad network deal. Was not a good look for me for two months starting Yap Academy and, and channeling my energy into that while we figure that other part out. That's what I always do because yeah. it's the only productive thing to do. Sure. You can't just ruminate and think about the past. You're not, you can't change the past. Yeah. All you can do is change the future. It's good. So I always try to learn something new that gets me out of the rut right away. Just new, new thing I want to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love you that you use the word scrappy earlier because um, that's kind of how you have to be if you're going to be like this. You have to, you you can't just sit around and wait for the stars to align or wait for somebody else with the know-how to figure it out. You just got to go figure it out. I mean, when I started to dream up this idea of starting this podcast, I, I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about recording. I knew nothing about audio. I knew nothing about um, uh, website building. I built my website and the website was live for almost two years before I even put out a single episode. And like you did just planning and preparing and getting ready. And, um, and then there was, there was this, this point where it was like, um, uh, I just started asking other people, how do you do this? How do you, how do you do SEO? How do I make it so that if somebody looks up synergetic culture, it's the first thing that pops up on, on Google. How do I make it so that um, my podcasts sound clear and not like I'm using iPhone headphones and recording in my parents' kitchen where it's echoey, like just little things and just being scrappy and willing to get, get in the, the middle of it and into the, the, um, the hustle and the grind that it takes to do this, which I'm sure now you don't edit your own podcasts, but at, at one point you did and you were yeah. scrappy about it. 100% like everything that you're saying is so true you really need to get into it and as you get into it and learn all those things that's what's going to actually give you the confidence to go on and keep making more moves it gives you motivation confidence is confidence right mm, I like that. so yeah. as you get all these little small wins learning this and that you put it all together that's what's really going to elevate you from everyone else and also like distract yourself from, from your past, you know, so you can keep moving forward. Sure. Sure. I do therapy to help with my past. That helps as well, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like seriously, um, and just not allowing yourself to stay in a rut and dwell on, on negativity, um, staying positive, continuing to move forward and grow. Um, I imagine that as you have developed, um, what Yap Media is today and, and what the podcast is today, it probably looks different than it you thought it would look a year ago, two years ago, and five years ago. Oh, yeah, started. yeah. You're, you're reminding me of a good point that I wanted to bring up, which is you never want to worry too much about the, the path that you're taking. It's more of like, what's the outcome, mm. right? So I always look back, and I didn't really quite realize this until recently, but my goal has always been to be a positive voice for my generation. Love At one that. point, I thought I was going to be a singer. Didn't happen, right? Then I thought I was supposed to be on Hot 97, right? Then I had a, a blog site, and I was going to write to get to know everyone. Then I was going to, you know, be the young voice for my company only. And I thought maybe that, you know. Then I was going to be um, a LinkedIn. They use LinkedIn to, to do it, and then sure. my podcast. So, so it's like I've always had all these paths, but it was always the same thing that I was getting to. Sure. So... If you're rejected, one of the first things you want to think about is what is the ultimate thing that I wanted? Is it really have to do with the person or the company or the thing that yeah. rejected me? Yeah. Or can I actually do this on my own? Or can I go this way instead and take this destination towards that city? You know what I mean? Sure. Like take this, this path towards that destination is what I meant to say. So there's so many different paths. And when you're so fixated on one path, that's when things can go wrong. Yeah. 
and you keep doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing and it's not working. No, switch it up, do something else. For example, I never ever thought that I was gonna be the CEO of a marketing agency. Sure. I just followed the organic demand and that was actually what was gonna fund me becoming the biggest female podcaster in the world, which is like my current goal, to be the biggest voice of my generation like and be a positive voice for my generation. Marketing agency is not aligned to that, but it helps me fuel that dream. Yeah. And that income that's fueling my dream might change. I might divert away from that and just sell courses instead because my ultimate dream is to be a positive voice to my generation. Everything else just helps fuel that dream, Yeah. right? Yeah. So I think it's important to kind of step back and think about what you really want and sure. also realize that you have power yourself and you have options. There's yeah. other ways to get what you want. Yeah, it's it's having vision for the future in maybe even um, being more focused on, on the the destination, if you will, and not and, and being okay with the journey, taking twists and turns that are unexpected. Um, yeah. I, I heard um, a, a leadership um, speaker talk about like when, when something happens to you in life, he says, people either look at it as a roadblock or a toll booth. Either way, you have to stop. But at a roadblock, you're done. You can't go any further. At a toll booth, you pay a fee and then you keep going. And so mm -hmm. even though some things happen, if you look at them as toll booths, like, yeah, maybe this sucks right now. Maybe this wasn't what I wanted. Maybe I'm frustrated. Maybe that's part of the fee that you're paying. Or maybe you just have to go through some difficult seasons of parts of your career or relationships, whatever it is. But realizing that I pay my dues and I can keep going and I'm still on this path. I'm still heading in the direction that I want to go. I love that that's that's part of um, part of your story. And I, I'm forever will probably be part of your story. Um, yeah. So. Uh, tell uh, tell me a little bit about um, just starting the, the the podcast and maybe some of like your favorite moments of of doing the Young and Profiting podcast and you know we already Aww, mentioned Matthew McConaughey but I'm just curious yeah I mean I look back on this journey so I've been doing this podcast for about five years now and sometimes like I'll just like think to myself like damn like I'm so happy how hard you worked Hala like <laughs> I, I think back about how hard I worked when I was in corporate and I started this as a side hustle my podcast took off kind of right away you know but I didn't make money for two years on it wow and so I worked like this second job for two years without making any money and I had this volunteer group, like, you know, very quickly I had 20 interns and volunteers in a Slack channel. It was basically the precursor of Yap Media. I didn't wow. know what wow. I was starting yeah. at the time. And I would teach them how to do everything. And so like one of the best memories that I have is like, when we were all working for free and like this community, like we had such great energy. Everybody just wanted to like improve the world. And like mm -hmm. one guy would work on our website, one guy would do our videos, one, and I would teach everybody how to do everything. And it was just like such a great community. Um, and like, I'm forever grateful for everybody who volunteered for me. A lot of them still work at YAP. A lot of them went on, did their own thing, but yeah. it's like just such a great memory for me. Um, I think the other thing that I remember is just like, my time management skills. Sure. Like I used to wake up like 6 a.m., work on Yap, go to work, do interviews at lunch. Yep. At one point when I worked <laughs> at Hewlett Packard, my mom lived like pretty close. And so it, at lunch, I'd 
drive to my mom's house, do an interview, drive back. Get back to work. Uh, at Disney, when I worked at Disney and had to do interviews, I'd have to like bunker down in a phone booth all day, all morning, so I could have a quiet place to record because they had no meeting rooms. Yeah. And so I just remember interviewing like, and they would get like progressively more famous where like, I'd be like interviewing like Chris Voss in my yeah, phone Yeah, I love booth. Chris Voss, like, yeah. You know, like it was just so funny. Yeah. And then people would be like so confused. Like, wait, you have a number one podcast? Why do you work here? And it was like, Oh, it's just like so funny. And yeah, so like I remember like that. I think the other thing is like starting Yap Media. Um, so basically what happened is that the guests that would come on my show, I had built my LinkedIn following. Yeah. And my podcast was big. So I had like two big assets. And the guests that would come on my show would always ask me, can you do this for me? Mm. Uh, you have a great LinkedIn profile. Like you've, you've got this big podcast. How did you do this? You have a team. Can they help me? And I'd always say no until I didn't like my job anymore at Disney. And I was like thinking about what I wanted to do. And then I realized I had this company that I could start. I had 20 people plus that worked for me. I had all these processes and systems and I just started Yap Media and we took off. So like by six months into um, my side hustle, Yap Media, so now I had my podcast, my side hustle and an executive job at Disney. Yeah. I worked like a dog, yeah. 18 oh, hours yeah. a day. Yep. Half my team's in Philippines. I would like basically start work again at 9 p.m. and brief everybody in the Philippines on what to do. And then I, they would like work. It was just yeah. crazy yeah. what I what I did. And then um, six months later, I had 30 paid employees, two full-time U.S. employees, and still wow. worked at Disney. Wow. Then I quit. Then I got on the cover of Podcast Magazine. I interviewed Matthew McConaughey. Like, everything sort of, like, skyrocketed because sure. I had money. I basically had money from my marketing agency to reinvest in myself. Yep, yep. And... Um, those are some highlights. I think yeah. the other highlight is in January I started my podcast network and and that That's took really off cool. too. So it's just awesome. it's it's a it's it's a story about a lot of ups and downs, yeah. but at the end of the day, consistency wins and yeah. creativity wins. You know what's interesting is I um I was I was kind of smiling and almost chuckling a little bit because when you were starting it and you were at Hewlett Packard, um, it's very similar to where I find myself today in the sense of like I'm a single dad and I have my son a lot, so. We're up at 530 because I'm getting him ready for school and then I take him to uh, to school. And then on my commute into my corporate job, I'm listening to podcasts and books and and getting ideas. And sometimes I'm doing talk to text while I'm driving because I'm thinking up podcast ideas and content yeah. ideas. And then I go and do my job and uh, maybe during lunch I'm editing some some social media stuff or reaching out to people yeah. like you and asking, Hey, would you please come on this podcast? And, um, so just being, being, uh, gritty and, and, uh, and scrappy through this process has been, been a lot of fun. It's cool to connect with somebody else that has had that, that, that journey and that drive. Um, yeah. It's all about those little actions every day. Like they really add up. People yeah. think that they need to work 30 hours a week on their side hustle. I did work 30 hours, but honestly, two hours a day in between your other stuff, you can get so much done, but it's just a matter of how you use that yeah. time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so I kind of mentioned to you before we started, there's, there's a variety of people that listen to this. Some people are in corporate America. Some people are entrepreneurs. Um, some are family members. My mom will be listening to this episode. Um, people with so many different backgrounds, but my, my hope is always that people can kind of find themselves in the story and connect with something from, from uh, the people that we interview or some of the content that I share. And so my, my question now for you is for somebody that's listening that has dealt with rejection 
what would be your advice to them? My advice to them would be make sure that your mind is right. Mm. Make sure that you're not having negative thoughts, that you take time to read, right? Reading is the best ROI on your time. Read nonfiction books that are going to really help you learn, level up your life, get more skills. All that is going to breed confidence, like I said. And I think Mm. it's really important to kind of fix your mind and, and be confident in yourself so that when you present yourself to the world authentically, you present like this positive energy because that will help you with everything. So it's like, just make sure that your mind is right. Easier said than done. Yeah. It takes effort, sure. right? It takes effort, take, forcing yourself to read until you enjoy it, right? Like do the work, okay? Mm. I'd also say like we talked about before, understand that your path to whatever destination that you want can be flexible. Don't get so hung up on one way or another. It's good. Life is fluid. Your success is like like up and down, wavy. I'm moving my hand up and down. It's not like just one straight line to do what you want. You can take a zigzag. You don't have to take a straight line. Yeah. You can take as long as you want, as short as you want. Um, everybody has their own timeline and it just matters the effort and the focus that you put on it. If you have a lot of time and effort and focus, you'll get there faster. If you do it as a side hustle, you'll get there slower, but you're still gonna get there yep. um, if you stay consistent. And the other thing I would say is um, don't let gatekeepers shun you from your dreams. Mm. And not only gatekeepers, but like family members. Uh, You heard it from my story. I had a lot of people that were like worried about me. And honestly, had I just trusted my gut for like, I think I would have been here a lot faster because I did listen to people from time to time. And it like skewed my journey Everything is a lesson learned. Everything is experience. And that brings me to my next thing, which is to learn from your failures because they're all learning experiences. And I bet you if you think of every single failure, you can come up with three things that you learned in whatever activity that you did and skills that you can take from your next thing. Because in our world today, the more unique you are and you can stack your skills in different ways, you don't have to be the best at anything anymore. If you're good at a number of things, you can put together offerings, you can be the perfect person for a certain role, and it's all because of your unique experiences. And so know what those skills are, focus on what you're naturally good at, your strengths, get better at the skills that you do have, and I think you will win and have a profiting life. Yeah, no, I love that advice. I think that's so valuable. Um, I think your life is an example of it. Um, I think, uh, you know, for, for somebody that's listening to this right now and is thinking to themselves, I've been kind of on the edge of starting that thing, whether it be that blog or that podcast or that, um, business venture. I've been, I've been on the edge of taking the step, the leap of faith that I need to take. Um, I hope that this message encourages you. Like there's something you can do today, even if you're not ready to take that step to start it, to be prepared for it. And I love that you suggest reading books. And I'm one of those people with ADD. Like I just, I have a hard time holding the physical book and reading it. I've done a few really good ones, but, um, I love to listen to audiobooks. And since I'm in the mm-hmm. car, commuting to the office and, and my, with my son, I'm, I'm constantly listening to a new book and um, looking for ways to improve myself. There's, um, there's a leader. I, I love to listen to his stuff and, and read his books. He says, uh, his name's Andy Stanley. He says, um, not all uh, uh, readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. And yeah, so 100%. I, I love that that's part of your advice. 
And, you know, when you think about it, books are literally the best ROI in your time. Yeah, I love because that. Because an, an expert will spend their whole life, months, putting all this information in something that you can listen to or read in five to ten hours, right? Podcasts would be the second best thing. So if you hate reading, go listen to Young and Profiting Podcasts. I yes. interview, like, amazing authors, yeah. and we distill all their ideas, and then you'll can get them in an hour, right? Um, so I think listening to podcasts, reading, all very important for your self-development. Yeah, self-development. And then when it comes time to take that leap, like do it. Trust your gut, you said earlier. You know, st- Take that step. Um, it might not make sense to a lot of people, and that's okay if it doesn't. Um, take the step, pursue it. Uh, there, there's a unique um, uh, documentary I came across a couple of years ago. It's called Chasing Failure, and it's about a guy mm-hmm. who – um, who wanted to try out for an NBA basketball team because he thought he was good at basketball. And he was like in his, I think, like early 30s at the time, maybe late 20s, I think early 30s, though. He had like a wife and kids. And so he, he wrote a letter to every single NBA team asking him if he could come and try out and said he was filming a documentary about trying out for an NBA team and chasing failure. And nobody responded except for, I think, the Phoenix Suns. And so they were like, yeah, bring your crew. And he was like, crap, I got to have a film crew. Like, I just re- I just decided to take the step. I didn't really know what I was going to do if someone said yes. I love that. He went and tried out. And he, you can watch on YouTube. It's like a couple minutes long. But it, he shows the journey. And, and, of course, he didn't make the team. And But it's just have, the experience of trying. I have, yeah. And I have something, like, recently that just shows, like, I'm so like that. I'll do things and announce things way before I know exactly what I'm doing. So I launched this thing called Yap Academy. It's a new arm of my business. I'm going to have like two day workshops for LinkedIn. Cool. And like I I thought after like a week of like just like thinking about it, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I announced it on LinkedIn and updated my thing. And I spelled Academy wrong, (laughs) which is just to go like how far I thought about it. I was like, I didn't even know, like not that I know how to spell Academy, but like I, I like, announced it with the improper spelling that's how just following my gut i am sure you know it's just gotta follow your gut yep. everything else will work out yep so um we're gonna land the plane here but for somebody that's yeah, listening and it. just wants to wants to connect with with you linkedin instagram you've got a huge following i'm gonna add the links to um add hala on linkedin and follow her instagram page and see some of her content um for somebody that's listening to this and like really wants to learn more about um yap media can you tell us the website one more time Sure. It's yapmedia.io. And if you guys are interested in LinkedIn, I'm doing a two-day course about to launch soon and also a podcast launch course. And if you have an existing podcast, I would advise you to go through it too. So some cool programs coming up. That's probably the most relevant for your audience. I also have a social media and podcast agency, yapmedia.io. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hala, it truly has been an honor. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and and for giving your time to our audience and and this podcast. Um, For everybody that's that's listening, I hope that you've got a couple of good nuggets that you can take away. Um, And uh, Hala, I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Adam. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning into uh, today's episode of Synergetic Culture. Come back next week for another episode and um, check Hala out on LinkedIn and social media. You won't regret it. You'll be inspired and hopefully you'll take that step that you've been needing to take. Appreciate you listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more about Synergetic Culture, we invite you to go to SynergeticCulture.com. Sign up to receive our weekly podcast and blog, and then connect with us on social media. We want to be connected to you. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and then share our show with the people around you so they too can build a synergetic culture. This episode was written and recorded by Adam Bieber, founder and CEO of Synergetic Culture. Synergetic Culture is a registered trademark of Adam Bieber and the Synergetic Culture Company.